You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, where we unpack what's new and innovative in education. And today we're going to hear from teachers and students at Bulldog Tech, which is a school in San Jose, California. Bulldog is a new tech network, exemplary school, an Apple distinguished school, and as you'll hear, a great place to teach and learn. So we talked with the director, Randy Hollenkamp, two teachers, Jim Conway, the art teacher, and Kelly Gosalvis, the eighth grade ELA teacher, and three students from the school. There are lots of voices on this podcast, but as you'll hear, they share some similar beliefs. And we asked this group what they think makes a great PBL teacher and why they think this type of learning is important. We begin by hearing from students. They share with us what they like about project-based learning and what makes a great PBL teacher. I think one makes a really good PBL teacher is the one who is very flexible and they push you to like above the boundaries. The teachers are very flexible and very kind. Like they adjust to your situation like depending on who the students are. And I realized too because I think for a lot of traditional school thinking or why I always had like a problem, or I just it wasn't my favorite thing because we always read textbooks and they just never explain it. It was more like okay you had to memorize this in order to excel in the ac- academics. I think for PBL. More so, it's more like, this is why you're doing it, this is how it's going to help you in the future. So we do a lot, a lot of collaborating and communicating that most traditional schools don't really do. And, of course, when you grow up and you, you get a job and you get in a workplace, but you have to talk to someone to collaborate, to work with them in order to make the project or, like, the end goal more successful. I really like how the school can be so flexible in the words of just, how you don't have to work, you know, the teacher doesn't say, oh, you get an F because you didn't turn this in on time. They can be, they can say something like, oh, did you have difficulty on this? Do you need help? This gives us feedback on how we can make it better and more beautiful, and we can help improve our own work and everybody else's, too. Other people who want to become PBL teachers, I think another, another thing to keep in mind all the way is, like, um, that to encourage failure. Because I think a lot, like I said, like um, that the teacher said, a lot of traditional thinkers or what they're used to at school is just you get a grade and that's your grade. Like you can't change it. There's no way. It's just and I think that way it's just it makes it harder for us students to be creative. I think if you know that if you do that, it's okay that you can make another draft. Like we have more freedom or we feel more okay or relieved while the process of working. Students also clearly made the point to us that they like learning in this way because their teachers make sure learning is connected to the real world. I think it's really important for all of our projects to be integrated in something that's going on, such as for cancer or last year in the World Enrichment, we learned about animal cruelty and human cruelty. The teachers constantly reminded us of how this is going to, is related to the real world. So for math, um, we did this project um, like designing a house and that that could come up when we're like trying to buy a house or you want to be a realtor when you grow up. And then for science and art, last year we did like a cancer project and they really like um, encourage us to understand why it's important, and the purpose of that project was to inform others and sp- or like spread awareness, spread awareness about um, why it's important to get a checkup for cancer because that could save someone's life, and that made me want to do the project more. They base it off of real life, unlike other schools, how they do it. They give it out of a textbook, and here we actually like show examples and how it's different here at Bulldog Tech. So for those of you listening, keep in mind that these students were not prepped or primed for this in any way. We visited Bulldog a couple times before, and when you're there, you hear the same things from teachers and students. Next, we'll hear from their teachers, and they first share what they think teachers should keep in mind when doing PBL and what they look for in PBL colleagues and staff. For me, 
the administrator, what I look for is that the teacher is somehow connecting the project to something in real life that will elicit a deeper um, a deeper thought or, or or a deeper learning that that happens within that project um, and something that's really relevant to kids, something that will um, spark an emotional social um, connection to the project. I think that's the most important thing yeah. that I look for. I was I was going to say this. This is Mr. Conway. I was going to say the same thing. The thing that every everybody who's, who does a project or even anything that you do in life, you don't really do anything unless you know why you're doing it. Why Why would you bother doing anything if you don't know why you're doing it? So one of the most important things that you you want to establish right away is, oh, here's our project, and this is why we're doing it. This is this is how it connects to us. This is how it makes it. This is how it makes it real. This is this this is why it's important. You have to um, embrace the fact that you're never going to have full control, like Jim said. Just always being willing to to adapt, to ask others for feedback, to be really open and flexible, um, not just with your curriculum but with your students as well. A good teacher is someone who just cannot get enough of whatever they're talking about. I mean, this is what they are passionate about. A good teacher is one who's just, you go into their classroom, even if you, even if you hate the subject, like, I wish I had some really uh, unbelievable passionate math teachers because maybe then I would have loved math more because when the teacher loves it, it, it rubs off. The number one thing is passion, but there are some deal breakers. One of them is uh, being a team player. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast. We just heard from students at Bulldog Tech describe why they think PBL is helping them now and for their futures. This podcast is part of our It's a Project-Based World campaign, a year-long campaign that explores the economic realities of a project-based world as part of the equity movement to ensure all students are prepared for college, career, and citizenship. For more about It's a Project-Based World, visit gettingsmart.com or do a search on Twitter, hashtag projectbased. Next, we will continue to hear from the Bulldog teachers and their school leader about how they have become high-quality PBL teachers. We asked what they've been doing to prepare for this work, and as most describe, it's a combination of training and experiences, and then working amongst a staff who will support and push you, because they too believe and are committed to project-based work. I think the preparation I had for for project-based learning really came from like over 10 years of teaching in a traditional classroom where the more I taught, the more I, and I felt like I was a really good teacher, but I was working within a framework that I still just wasn't reaching a lot of kids. Um, I wasn't giving them the opportunity to thrive where, where their special talents were or even really giving them room to find those talents. I also felt like what a, a lot of what I was teaching them was not preparing them for the real world. Um, knowing what a direct object is is not going to get you a job these days in Silicon Valley especially. So when Randy first pitched this idea of, of presenting kids with a problem, an authentic problem, and helping them solve it, it was just very appealing to me. And then, like, um, to reiterate kind of what Jim said, since we've been here at Bulldog Tech, there has been a lot of encouragement to really just kind of spread our wings and, and let the kids spread theirs and um, and a lot of training and, you know, in between there, too. I, I want to back up what Kelly said, too, because I've been, this is my, like, 27th year of teaching, and 
prior to this, I had, prior to Bulldog Tech, it was more like 23 years of the traditional classroom. And I've always felt that it was, everything that I was teaching, it, it, it helped, but it was more temporary. It just kind of like, it was fleeting. It wasn't something that was, that I felt was really sticking. It wasn't as meaningful as this is. Yeah, and, and I would add that if if you're going to do this school-wide, because teachers can do this in their classroom, and I did it in my classroom. I learned about PBL at when I, I didn't, I learned about it a long time ago in graduate school at Pepperdine, um, but it was the late 90s, early 2000s. There were hardly any resources. There was a lot of research, but hardly any resources. Um, then Buck Institute came out, and we partnered with them. We've been able to use them, and we also have the New Tech Network, which um, creates this big culture, but you know my and, and so I was able to do it in my classroom and, and I used to do staff development. Uh, Jim was my partner. We did staff development. We used that model. I had this whole idea and I knew and I had this experience that PBL would work and the, and this vision. I think for a school to adopt that culture, you need to have a leader that has been there and and understands it and is willing to go and into a classroom every day and, and, and to help the teachers and be their cheerleader, be their mentor. Otherwise, you're not going to get a whole school transformation. You're not going to get the kids talking like the kids that we just randomly picked an hour ago. Um, and I didn't, I've never heard all of them talk like this, but, but I'm, I'm not that amazed because it happens all the time when we have tours. Um, but to get that, you actually have to have something that's systemic, something that everybody believes in. And so from the top all the way down, it has to be that way. And you really have to have a leader who is deeply uh, into project-based learning because uh, many people will say, oh, yeah, we do PBL at our school, but it's just all, it's just all frosting and not really, it's not, it's really the, they they still think of projects as that thing that you do at the end of the unit, and that's always the frosting on the cake. And they, they leave out that meaningful connection to relevant things. They leave that out, and that's like leaving out everything. You know, if you're going to sustain it, you have to have the whole staff willing to come around the table, willing to do critical friends, do project rollouts with each other, give each other feedback, you know, create that culture where the rigor uh, comes in because you know the project-based learning gets a, a, a big knock on not having enough rigor. But our our PBL here has a lot of rigor because we're really hard on content. We're soft on people, but we're really hard on content, and we give each other feedback all the time. Um, the kids will give us feedback. The kids are brutally honest with us when we're we're not hitting the mark and. Being able to be formative and, and change in the middle of a project um, is, is something that your staff has to be able to do. I think mean, also, you know, um, you have to find balance, too. There's, there's certain times when kids need uh, content or, or need certain skills or need to know how to do, need to know what uh, plagiarism is or, or dangling participles or whatever. Um, so, you know, you need to have that personalized piece. You need to have, but it all needs to relate back to why we're doing this. Lastly, we wanted to ask teachers about one of their desired student outcomes at Bulldog, which is beautiful work. When you visit Bulldog, you see examples of this all over their campus. Listen to hear what they had to say. 
What we truly try to focus on is the connection between agency and aesthetic and having the students realize that the more work they put into something, the more beautiful it will become so that it's something that they're proud of. It's not necessarily that you have this innate artistic talent, but that hard work and doing drafts and getting feedback and making very specific changes to your work can really improve it. Yeah, and I think it's, it's important to understand true about what what I what we mean by beautiful too, because beautiful can be anything can be really beautiful if you put your heart and soul into it. So if it's true to yourself as a person, then whatever you make, as long as you put everything that you have into it, and if it's if it's really truly you, then it's beautiful. And I'm talking about a, a paragraph that you write in, in language arts. I'm talking about a. Uh, an equation that you might do in math. It is, if it's something that is is coming from you, and it's not just something that you're doing it just to get it done, but something that you you want to really do, then that's beautiful work. And that's 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 a hard place to come to, to really actually become that self aware and to understand what you really like and what you really don't like. But that's what we're trying to lead them to. I I think too um, the whole mindset behind beautiful work is one of um, kind of redefining education in that no child left behind in high-stakes testing kind of made us, um, made the students and the teachers, for that matter, get to a place where you get one shot and that's it, and if you don't uh, get a good score, you're a failure. Whereas in real life, and all of us, I mean, I'm sure even when you write this blog, you're, you're going to write it, you're going to reread it, you're going to do it again, and you're going to make it better and better, and maybe you'll hand it off to somebody and you'll get feedback and you'll make it better. That's that's the way real life is. I, I don't know where we went to. I've been in this for over 25 years now, and we've come to a place where mistakes are bad, and in reality, mistakes are actually how we learn. So it's important to make mistakes and it's important to learn from them. So the whole idea behind beautiful work is that everything's a draft. Everybody can give each other feedback. In fact, our kids get to a place where they ask for feedback and our teachers get to a place where they ask for feedback. We we share all of our work everywhere and everything just tends to get better. So we have this culture of beautiful work. Right, you know, yeah. I wish we could rewrite the Eminem song and change it to, you get more than one shot. You, you don't just get one shot. You get more than one shot, and you just keep on doing it until, you, you, until you're happy, until you're satisfied. We hope that you've all enjoyed this podcast. For more on Bulldog, check out bulldogtech.org. And if you want to support Bulldog and other schools in the Evergreen School District, go to their homepage and click on the Donate button. And if you liked hearing from school teachers and teachers who are involved with project-based learning, head over to the Getting Smart podcast on iTunes and check out our interview with PBL teachers and students from PBL World. And if you like what you hear, let us know by rating us on iTunes. For the Getting Smart podcast, this is Kat and Megan signing off.